Um, Lord, we um, thank you for Gina. We thank you for what you're doing in her life, Lord. We bless what, yeah, we bless where you're at work in her life, and we pray you would bless the words that she shares with us today. Um, would you give us open hearts and ears to receive um, what you're speaking through her? Amen. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, good it's recording, because my mum needs to listen to this. Pretty sure she's the only one that listens to my sermons, but... Yeah, so hi, mum. Um, yeah, kia ora. My name is Jenna, for those that don't know me. Um, yeah, so good to be here on this beautiful day. I'm just going to jump straight into it. So the scripture we're looking at tonight is Jeremiah 33, verse 14 to 16. So the book of Jeremiah... Um, is a fave of mine. I really like Jeremiah. It's just this dedicated prophet. So it's what's considered in the Bible one of the minor prophets. So the in the book um, is a kind of the story of God speaking to Jeremiah, and he then he prophesies that Judah and Jerusalem are kind of you know end up in ruins, and then that happens, and so kind of all these kind of like uncertainty and despair and kind of lack of hope uh, is around and. Jeremiah ends up in prison, and then uh, God spoke to him for a second time in prison, but this time it was all about hope and restoration. Yeah, just like really beautiful um, scripture. So a lot of people know the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for a hope um, in a future. Yeah, obviously that was my iteration of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the this kind of second half of Jeremiah, or a chunk of it, is just about this beautiful... Um, hope and restoration and the promise of restoration. So that's what I'm looking at tonight. So the kind of the crux of this scripture is, um, sorry, the crux of the book is can almost be summed up in what the scriptures say. So even though it's a really short part of scripture, it's a really, really powerful and beautiful part of scripture. So yeah, I'll just read it out. So 33 verse 14 to 16 for those who are following along. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it is called, the Lord our righteous Saviour. So when Jesus says, I'll make a righteous branch sprout from David's line and he will do what is just and right in the land, he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the Messiah coming. So as a prophet, that was a prophecy that was fulfilled. Jesus came 500 years later. Um, But people, Jeremiah was warned that people wouldn't believe what he was saying and people didn't believe what he was saying. But Jesus came. Um, But yeah, a lot of what he's kind of saying here you know, I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. He's promising this restoration. So restoration, when we, when we talk about restoration, um, I kind of looked up like a b- bit of a biblical description of restoration and um, what I found was that restoring something to its original divine purpose or something as it once was. Or something new. In something that maybe looks a little bit like heaven. Or a lot like heaven. 
So we are living in what a lot of people might know is that already but not yet. So Jesus came, Jeremiah prophesied Jesus would come and he came. And with him, he brought the kingdom of God. So, but we know that kind of the kingdom of God is here, but it's, it's already here, but it's not yet complete. And as a part of that, we are the hands and feet of Jesus in helping bring restoration, helping bring that kind of wholeness of restoration. And a part of that is, you know, restoring ourselves, restoring our relationships, restoring our communities, restoring our world to wholeness. Because as we look around, we know that the kingdom is not fully here. Because we look around and we see suffering. It is an inevitable part of our lives. It's not that hard to to miss it. We do, um, for those who don't know, I live in a house with two other couples and... We have a bunch of teenagers, and every night at dinner we do this thing called Peak and Pits. If you're a youth worker, you probably know this really well, kind of like highs and lows, where you kind of stop and you think about something good in your day, um, yeah, something worth celebrating, but then also something that might have been challenging. So it's easy when you stop to think. It's easy to find, you know, where restoration is happening, where these kind of like good wholeness... Um, yeah, things worth celebrating are coming through, but it's also easy to see the hard things and the suffering. So we know that we are not fully living in the wholeness um, that Jesus talks about when he talks about kind of full restoration. But we know that restoration is happening. And when Jesus came, he brought the kingdom with us, uh, with him, to us. So what I want to talk about tonight is in the scripture that Jeremiah um, is talking about he's talking about this promise of restoration. So what I want to talk about is how do we live well into this promise of restoration? How do we live into this idea? So all my pages. Yeah, so how do we live into this promise of restoration? Um, Shane Claiborne has this great quote that says, sometimes we ask God to move a mountain and then he gives us a shovel. So great. Um, <laughs> so my first point is yeah, to live well into the promise of restoration, we need to pick up the shovel. Uh, there's a song that we sing in morning prayers, so a lot of you might know it. Um, it's one of my favourite songs to sing, particularly in the morning. And the lyrics are, The kingdom of God is justice and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, and open in us the gates of your kingdom. So I love singing this in the morning. It kind of gets me ready for the day. It reminds me. That's right, the kingdom of God is justice and peace and joy. But I am the gate to that kingdom. God has made me a gate to that kingdom through Jesus. So I kind of get ready for the day. I'm like, oh, that's right, like, justice, joy, and peace. I am a gate. And it's kind of like this, yeah, I'm like, God, make me, make me this gate. And it's, yeah, such an awesome kind of prayer for the morning. But it's so easy when hard things arise, we just want complete solutions. When the mountain's there, we just want to say, God, move the mountain. We just want it to be complete, but often God gives us a shovel. But even Jesus wanted a complete solution. When he was in the garden the night before he died, he said, Lord, take this cup from me. He just wanted a complete solution. But he had to be the sacrifice for the kingdom to come. And we need to pick up our shovel and sacrifice so that others can enjoy the fruits of the kingdom. So you still got to do the hard work. 
to restore relationships, we've got to have those hard conversations. To restore our communities, we've got to be intimate with the pain and joy that our people um, experience. To restore the world, we've got to care about the environment. To restore the pain within ourselves, we've got to do the mahi. We've got to prioritise those counselling sessions instead of buying those new pair of jeans. Even though we want complete solutions, we've got to pick up a shovel and join in the restoration that God is calling us into. And by all means, like, we believe in a God of miracles. Like, I believe God can move the mountain. And we can pray for that. We can pray for those miracles. But God, when you look through Scripture, Scripture is littered with stories that God has given someone a shovel. But then he's come in and he's moved the mountain. But he always gives someone or a few people or a community shovels to work with him to yeah, live into this promise of restoration. Live into this fullness of restoration. Yeah, so we believe God can do miracles, but he often gives us a shovel instead. Or as well as, so. So what we need to do is recognise the tools that God has given us. What is the shovel that God has given us to do, to move the mountain with? So the tools that God's given you, it might not be as cool and sexy as like, you know, I'm a graphic designer for the kingdom, or an artist for the kingdom, or a slam poet for the kingdom. We're just, we're just like, some of us are just not as cool as Esme or Shay, let's be honest. So, um, yeah, it might not be awesome, but it might literally be simple, as simple as the fact that you've got a license and a car, and you can get your friend to that hospital appointment when they can't get there themselves. Your shovel can be so simple. But what is the tool that God's given you to join in the restoration that he will fulfill? (laughs) Yeah, so where is God asking you to do hard work, to sacrifice? Where is God convicting you to turn from our cultural narrative that says life should be easy and pain-free? In order for God's promise of restoration and wholeness to come, you've probably got to pick up that shovel and join with God. So my second point might seem like a little bit of a paradox and a contradiction to everything I've just said, but bear with me. Um, The second point is to live into the promise of restoration. You need to put your trust in God and maybe put down your shovel. So I'm probably... I know, it's a contradiction. Bear with me. Um, Yeah, so some people, it might be one. Some people might be the second point. But for some... A lot of us, it's probably both. So I'll get to that. So we need to rest in knowing that God is working where we can. It is our human nature to want to control things, to want to have control or a sense of control, particularly for, um, like, in, as a strengths coach, you know, I come across a lot of themes where people just do whatever they can to have control in spaces. And what that is is actually it's just busy work to have a sense of control. You're just doing work to distract you from the pain or you're just doing busy work to feel like there's a sense of progress or sense of control. So stop doing the busy work because as Jeremiah said, there is this promise of restoration, a good promise from the Lord. So stop doing the busy work and let God be God and move the mountain. So thinking about the idea of a promise, this promise of restoration, 
And I was reminded of kind of like in primary school when you do, did you guys do those like pinky promises? Do you guys have those in New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> like a national, like an international thing. Anyway, I was thinking about these like pinky promises where you kind of like promise your friends these, you know, probably petty things. They probably do it with like boys or yeah, weird friendship things. But whether it's this small kind of like pinky promise that you've got with a friend in primary school or whether it's a, like a more kind of heavy, serious promise or like the promise that I made to James to be with him through sick and sin and health. No matter what type of promise it is, it all has the same premise, is that it's all about trust. It's all about building trust and going deeper into that relationship. So sometimes we opt for control instead of trust and we live out of fear instead of faith. And so as I'm saying this, I'm aware that I'm, this is actually something that I struggle with and that I've been like working through. And because sometimes I'm just like, man, like, yeah, I'm like a strong, independent woman and I am competent. But sometimes I get into this, yeah, this sense of like, I need to fix things. I need to be the problem solver. I can do it. But every time I go to supervision, my supervisor's like, Jenna, you just need to give God his job back. I'm like, okay, <laughs> give God his job back. Yeah, so it's something, um, yeah, that I have this tendency to just want to control and to feel like I have this sense of progress and moving forward when actually I need to let God be God. So one of the things that's really helped me this year that I've kind of really leaned into this year is the serenity prayer. So a lot of you may know this, and it's really simple, but it's so beautiful. It says... God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I'll say that again. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. We need wisdom to know when we should pick up the shovel and be the hands and feet of Jesus. We need wisdom to know when to put our trust in God's promise of restoration and cease trying to control the mountain. God is calling us to live into this paradox of simultaneous work and rest. Yeah, so in order for us to live into this promise of restoration, we need to pick up our shovel. We need to do the mahi because God has called us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And at the same time, maybe some of us need to stop and consider, are we just doing busy work? And do we need to actually put our faith in God that he can take the world of the mountain? So this can easily be kind of like a nice metaphor that, you know, we can go home with and you might go home and your flatmate might say, oh, you know, what did you learn at church? And, oh, yeah, something about shovels and mountains and, you know, it's really nice. Um, but I would love if this was something that could be really real. So we're going to take some time to ponder this for ourselves. But I thought I'd share a bit of an example of how this actually works. Um, or how an example from my life. And the example I was thinking of was kind of my mountain, which is the asylum seekers on Nauru. So this is a mountain that James and I feel called to move. And when we were on Nauru, God, you know, got us there with crazy, crazy means. But when we were there, our shovel was really simple. All we could do was try through 
chats and just hanging was try and restore dignity where dignity was taken away. And it was just so simple. It was just like cups of tea. James loved to play chess, lots of chess. Um, for me, it was kind of like, you know, trying to get my friends along to yoga because it was good. Or, hey, notice you haven't had a meal in a while. Let's go eat together. It's just so simple, but lots of cups of tea. But that was the shovel. That was the shovel that we had. And that was the shovel that God gave us. It's so easy in that and even still now to step back and look at the mountain and go, God, I don't see how this is helping. I don't see how through this we will ever move this mountain. But I had to put my trust in God. I had to trust that he is the one who will restore the lives of these men. He's the one who will deliver on the promise of restoring the lives of these men. Because if I don't put my trust in him, it's just overwhelming. And now, um, obviously, we're not there at the moment, and our shovel's kind of changed, and I've had to kind of step back or kind of put my shovel down and let God move this mountain. And literally, all I can do at the moment, it's a little bit different for James, he's got, he does some good money, but um, all I do is I pray for Scott Morrison. Which is really weird for me because I do not like the guy. <laughs> and that's a lot going for me. There's not many people I don't like, but Scott Morrison. When I heard that he became Prime Minister, I was just like, oh, it was, it was hard. But I just felt instantly convicted. And God asked me to pray for him. It's like, my shovel, there's this massive mountain, and my shovel is just praying for Scott Morrison. This guy that I don't like. But that's my shovel. And I just have to put my trust in God that he will deliver on the promise of restoration for these guys. And he has, in small ways. You know, um, I don't know if you've seen in the news, but the Australian government has said that he'll, they'll get the kids off Nauru by the end of the year. That is like a massive, massive win. But I have to put my trust in God that he will deliver on the promise. Because I can't. No matter how much I shovel... I'm not going to move it by myself. But God can't move it without all the people. Or he can, sorry. He can move it, but he's called us to pick up a shovel and move it with him. God will deliver on the promise of restoration for these guys. I truly, truly believe it. In the same way that Jeremiah prophesied that Jesus would come and God delivered on his promise. He fulfilled this promise. He's brought this kingdom to earth and he's invited us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But we need to trust that he will deliver on his promise and pick up a shovel and join in with him. So I just want to take some time to, yeah, just a moment of silence. Um, to maybe consider what is your mountain? <coughs> what is a mountain that is in front of you? What is a mountain that God has called you to care for? The mountain that needs to be moved. And want you to think about what is the tool that he's put in your hand? What does the, the shovel look like? Do you need to pick it up and start digging? Or where do you need, need to give God his job back and seize control over the mountain? 
and just rest in knowing that he will deliver on the promise. So just take a moment maybe while the music team comes up. Yeah, just a moment of silence. Think about that. What are the tools in your hand? What do you need to do to start shoveling? Where do you need to give God his job back? The promise of restoration and wholeness will be fulfilled. God will deliver on this promise. So I just really encourage you guys as we go into a time of worship to yeah, think about your mountain and where God is calling you to either pick up or put down your shovel. And if you want, there's um, this cross over here you can go and kneel in front of and someone will come pray with you. Or you can ask someone around you for prayer. Um, yeah, if you need help to, to seize control, if you need help to know how to start shoveling, Yeah, I truly believe, as Jeremiah said, the days are coming when when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. He will deliver on the promise of restoration.